Am, am I the only one that's okay with commercials? I mean, commercials are when you get to get up and you know get to go to that go to the bathroom and you get that you know little game of rushing. Can I? Can I? Can I get there and back in time? No, no, yes, because I'm yes, a civilized now. man and I press pause on my freaking VLC player and then I go take I, I got, a leak like Tebow, a man. You know, but sometimes, you know, sometimes no. you want an excuse to get up and stretch your legs. Then I pause it and I go outside and have a smoke. What do you want? Yeah, you yeah, some of us still don't smoke. Wait, you got to wait for no, a, right. an ad <laughs> to be like, hey, dummy, time to go get up. Like, no, well, when you yeah, feel like yeah. it, um, you When I'm paused. watching TV, I'm not thinking about anything. I need somebody to tell me what to do. Oh, you well. know, a commercial comes up, it's like food. I'm like, I'm hungry, so I get up and get a snack. <laughs> <laughs> and when I go shopping, comes on I say, and it Ooh. tells me that I need to go take, you know, deodorant or whatever, I, you know, maybe I need to take a shower. I don't know. I don't know. I've been watching TV <laughs> I don't know these things. Hours. I don't know what's going on. Please. <laughs> It's Wednesday, May 9th, 2012. This is episode 8 of Yet Another Tech Show. Yats, buddy, what's up, everybody? I'm Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, we are doing it live, just like O'Reilly wanted. Ant Pruitt, what's up? What's happening, Holmes? How you doing? We got Larry Press. How you doing, sir? Good evening, gentlemen. We got Mike Rothman. How you doing, sir? Hey, everybody. Good to see you again. And from AttackOfTheAndroids.com, our weekly Android podcast, we got Jeremy Lesniak, since he missed the show earlier. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Happy to be joining you tonight. I just want to preface this uh, episode 8 of Yats by saying this is the first episode we've actually had a television celebrity on the show. If you guys don't know, Vermont's very own Jeremy Lesniak from Vermont Computing uh, does a little spot uh, on television you want to just quickly plug that and tell us where we can watch you do that uh yeah uh for those of you not in the vermont area all what three hundred thousand of you <laughs> the rest uh, of us <laughs> the majority of the world right um you can watch that on my youtube channel or facebook or twitter or any of the 900 places that i plug it but the short of it is um this is vermont and tech isn't well represented so one of the local stations the local cbs affiliate has taken to bringing me on periodically and having me talk about things i was on a couple weeks ago talking about pinterest that's really cool man you guys do make good ice cream ben jerry's next time you see them tell them i said hi ice cream coffee cream um, and coffee all those k-cups and maple syrup. Those are us. and maple and, syrup yeah and the syrup they the sip syrup. on the bad crop this year you know but well, that's you're cool. breaking my heart uh, you guys should check us out on iTunes and leave us a review if you would. We got a page up there, of course, and you can uh, find all that stuff on the site. And if you want to know when we're going live to do these shows, uh, if you want to join us publicly, uh, you can follow the Twitter, the Facebook page, the Google Plus page. It's all posted on there. Uh, starting out tonight, episode eight of Yats. You guys want to real quick talk about the steganography thing we alluded to at the end of last episode? Yeah, I'm curious to hear about this, Matt. Okay, so uh, as just a basis, so everybody's on the same page, basically from the wiki, steganography is it's the art and science of writing hidden messages 
in such a way that no one, apart from the sender and the intended recipient, suspects the existence of the message, a form of security through obscurity. The word steganography is of a Greek origin and means concealed writing from the Greek word steganos, meaning covered or protected, and another word I can't pronounce, meaning writing. So um, I wanted to mention it because with all the new technology, like there's so many cool new ways to do it. And the, the news item that kind of brought this to my attention is on Ars Technica, and it's a piece by Sean Gallagher entitled Steganography, How Al-Qaeda Hid Secret Documents in a Porn Video. And it's... Oh, man. Within the I video, knew it would turn around to this. Just listen. Bear with me. <laughs> you see that document? No, just, <laughs> it's on porn. It's on red, red tube. But anyway, bear with me. The, it, it's really interesting. Inside the video, they found 141 separate text files, along with 72 virgins, that contain what officials claim are documents detailing Al-Qaeda operations and plans for future operations. Among them, three entitled future works, lesson learned, and report on operations. How, how were they able to decrypt it and, and spot and find the messages? Uh, they were using, there, I guess there's a bunch of different al- algorithms that, depending on how it's encoded, uh, they said they've, they've long suspected Al-Qaeda of using steganography to hide secrets and messages and all that from uh, maps and photos of potential targets to their how-to manuals, I guess, their little anarchist cookbook or whatever, how to make IEDs at home. Uh, Steganography, uh, they said that they applied it to um, school secret, old school agent, secret agent tricks uh, when they wrote messages in invisible ink and microdots and stuff like that. Uh, The most common modern digital form, it conceals plain text or whole files within an image, an audio, or a video file. Which, if you think about it, like text, text is small, and if you have a video, video's big, so you're hiding this little piece. I mean, who would notice that, like, your, your video file is an extra 3K or something? You know, like, nobody would notice that. It's pretty crazy. Hey, Matt, I, I, I'm thinking, uh, Matt, uh, right there, there's a, a message about world domination right there on that graphic on your T-shirt. Maybe you can't tell. It's steganography at its best. Hypercolor steganography. You know, I I gotta say, I don't I don't know if I buy this. Something tells me that this dude was watching porn in his office and was boss busted in and said, "What the hell are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, steganography." Investigating a piece. Al Qaeda might have hid messages in here. He and looked he around and saw a napkin from a steakhouse, and he was watching pornography. And he was like, "Steganography." I'm doing steganography. Leave me alone. I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> it's just, it's just too know, convenient. I've heard about steganography over the years. Is there anything unique about this? It's just they caught Al Qaeda doing it and were able to break it. Yeah, basically, they said that to encode the data, they had a cover file, the media uh, that will hide the secret message. The software then breaks up the bytes of data to be hidden inside individual binary bits. The values of those bits are then substituted for the least significant bit, the one or the zero, that has the least impact on the value of a byte. Uh, and there's an example in here in this uh, article here. Uh, before the steganography applied, here's what the data looks like, and it's a you know set of binary code. And then they change it to this, and, and it's like if you just look at it, you can't tell the difference. It's, it's really weird, unless you really know binary, I guess. 
But they said only three out of eight bytes are actually changed here. Even so, the subtle shifts in values could create a significant amount of noise in the target image, movie, or audio. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's what, why did this come into the news? Was this found with that raid on where they got Bin Laden? Or what made it be come up today? Probably that they 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 recovered a bunch of that stuff and they're going through it all. So this is probably bits and pieces that is servicing. I don't know. I'd have to ask him. But you can do this, Matt. You're just into this story for the porn angle. Just trying to hide messages in porn. You know, that's that's my only angle. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that so you will can that do be it. Episode nine of Yats. <laughs> we'll record this podcast and. and, and You'll release it like through some porn, right? <laughs> I just think it's interesting because you can you'll do have it. to like pause it or like you know stand on your head and watch it. Guarantee the This video we're creating right now is going to go on YouTube, right? Right. Maybe it's secret messages. Maybe Matt's putting secret messages in it as we speak. I get it. Maybe it's, it's going to be porn. It's a scooter into this podcast. That's right. It's going to look like a straight podcast. Guys talking about tech. <laughs> but it's really porn. It's a scooter. That's why I'm wearing a white shirt. It's gonna, I'm gonna have boobs. <laughs> I just I thought it was interesting because you can do it with audio waveforms also, which is kind of what we're doing. So with audio, huh? Mm-hmm. Matt Lee, evil genius. <laughs> Don't say that. Sounds like do with any binary file. Don't say that when we're hanging out on air. All right. <laughs> So that's all. I just wanted to talk about porn. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you got your new Android phone, Mike. Which one? Yeah, I got. Did you go with? I got a new. I got a new toy. It's the uh, HTC One uh, X. Yes. Razor thin little device. Nice. Is it awesome? It's totally awesome. Four point seven inch display. Uh, the, the, the really uh, game changer for me in this device is that it's uh, uh, 4G and the, the, the web browsing and mail checking and stuff like that happens just like on a desktop that's connected mm-hmm. to a high-speed connection. So it's, you know, I've had this device now for 24 hours. It's my first Android device other than the Kindle Fire. And I'm I'm in love. Uh, well, that's but, good to hear. But I'm also just starting to figure out the apps. And that's good to hear because he got that on our recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that. But then you know, a lot of people coming from the Apple ecosystem and Apple uh, iOS UI or what have you, they it's a little too much for them most of the time going from iOS to. They can't get past. They're used to that one button to take them back home when something tears up. I think just it's hit more that the. If I don't know what I'm doing. They just you know? can't get past that fake fluidity that Apple does so well in changing. Oh, the, the faking. That's right. I think some that's people just what... can't handle freedom. It's true. I, I agree with that, Jeremy. Or that. Now, you, you know, now, I'll tell you. From, I'll tell you from the perspective of a newcomer to this platform, the the apps are great. The 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 only challenging part I'm finding is that. You, you don't have sort of one-for-one correspondence like uh, I, it, between platforms. Like I haven't, I, so far as I can tell, there's no, uh, what's it called, Instapaper uh, uh, app. Instagram? What's, what's no, Instapaper? Instapaper. 
Oh, Instapaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Insta know what that is. is, a, is a, it's a read later service that's available on iOS. Or you, you, you're on a website, you click read later. It sends that web page to the cloud and lets you read that web, read, web page later on Instapaper. Right, because if you have an iOS, you're too busy to re- read a web page like right, right there. You gotta well, set it aside I, I for later. That. Okay, Mike. Like there are Instapaper clients for Android, but Instapaper itself, if I'm recalling correctly, um, yeah. doesn't exist. Um, you yeah. know, I just did a quick pop up. There's there's Read Later, Instafetch, Everpaper. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. So if it's a paper or something you like, you you should be able to find something. So Mike, I have to ask that you you went from you went from iOS to Android, and your first Android experience besides the Fire or the Nook or wherever the hell you got was Ice Cream Sandwich, right? That phone came with ICS preloaded. ICS preloaded. Now, for your first Android real Android phone experience, what what do you think of the barrier to entry for ICS? I'm not sure what you mean by that question. Like, are you I, finding I, I it easy to adapt to? Are you finding it easy, absolutely. or is it really overwhelming? It's absolutely easy to adapt to. I mean, the the, the interf- interface, so far as I can tell, is not all that much different from iOS. Don't let and Apple you know, hear you say that. Be careful now. Be careful. You're going to get them sued. <laughs> <laughs> But I would be curious if if I sent you a device that was running Gingerbread and you started using that first, if you would have the same opinion? Because I really think that they did they they had great improvements in ICS over the previous versions that allow fresh people coming from either a BlackBerry or an iOS uh, a really easier chance at learning it, a lower curve to a learning curve. You you know the 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 I. For me, I don't think that's the issue. I'm uh, I'm a tech guy who has been dabbling with computers for 30 or 40 years and loading up programs and downloading stuff and the 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 basic underlying concepts are real familiar to me. So I I just think it's close enough to other computing experiences so that it's not much of a hurdle. Now, if 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 I put this device in my wife's hands, uh, and she is she is very well educated but not very attuned to uh, technology, it would be a it would be much more challenging than an iPhone for her. Why? In what in what ways? Oh, well, I'll give you an example. In almost every app I have encountered so far there are more ways to customize and configure it. You know, with iOS, there is one way to do things yep. in, an, in a typical app. Jeremy, that's it, that freedom you were talking about. Yep, exactly. Some and people I just, oh, whoa. I like the options of trying things different ways. But so, Mike, do you but, feel that if you just went into these applications and just used them as the default settings and never went in and changed anything that you would be missing out in certain aspects, or is the default well, I, experience the, I, I give the you good an example. one? Um, one of my big applications is listening to podcasts, and if you once you figure out how to use iTunes on the iOS side, podcasts are fairly well supported and easy to maintain. Now on this device, I had to find a podcatcher, which and I'm 
going with uh, with uh, Beyond Pod. Beyond Pod, thank you. And uh, Beyond Pod again on my rec- on our recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now the next thing I need to do is I need to configure my Google Reader with a folder named Listen. Yep. And I gotta plunk down subscriptions to podcasts in the Google Reader. Or, and then I have to then I have to configure Beyond Pod to look at my Google Reader. Or you find somebody that's been doing that and has a bundle of podcast feeds of say a hundred deep and you get them to share that with you and then you just import that and then on Beyond Pod you log in with Reader with your credentials and you pick which shows you want on Beyond Pod and then you hit OK and it's done. And you always have oh. that vast feed or that vast bundle of a hundred shows to choose from. So say if you dip in and out of random shows like I do sometimes, it's really easy to go into settings, go into the feeds and say, get rid of these three shows and add these four new shows and then it's done. Okay. So it just but, takes but a you minute. Could, you can get... just use listen directly. Yeah, listen's really glitchy and doesn't work well with all podcast feeds. Uh, I unless they I fixed disagree. it. Unless they fixed it. I had shows I've, that I've I used, did. I've used listen on on that it wouldn't four update four different devices and it's worked great and if it if when you do a search to add a subscription if it doesn't show up you can just add the RSS Yeah, no, I'm saying pull it in. I'm saying once you have your feed in there there was different shows that it would just stop updating. And people in the comments were like, this is not working for these certain shows. So it, they may have fixed I, that. I, I haven't I'd be interested back. if you tried that again, Matt, if, if you had the same problem. Because I, I listen to a fairly limited number of podcasts. I haven't changed what I listen to very often. And, and it, it updates them for me. every time the new episodes are there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they I may wake have up fixed in the morning it. and my episodes are there, you know. See, I started with Beyond Pod back on Windows Mobile like 5. They had a a client for it. So I've kind of been with it ever since and then I when I got my first Android phone, I paid for the pay version just cuz it's awesome and like I haven't looked well, back wait. yet, so what do you guys think of Pulse? I haven't used Pulse in a while, but I used to use it a lot for the stuff that I read as well as some of the audio podcasts. Um have you any, any you guys ever used that? I've never used that one, Jeremy. Hey, hey, uh, Jeremy, is listen yeah. what's what's on here called play music? No, that's no, that's your music player. Listen, no, that's probably just a, a straight audio. No, play playback. music is the the interface for your Google Music account. If you use Google Music, play music is what you oh, use really? okay. to yeah. do that. Um, so what for, is, what is, so you, listen is an app I download. Right. If you yeah, go it, yes. go to the store, go to the Play Store and just search for listen, and it's by Google yeah. Inc. or Google Labs or something. Okay. But So well, overall, you, you like it? Are you glad you went with it? Is it worth it? I'm, I am thrilled with this phone. I love its speed. I love the, I love the design. I think HDC really designs nice-looking phones. And you have and, LTE where you live? Yeah, LTE. Yeah, I'm uh, both home and work have great LTE. Nice reception. As a matter of fact, the phone itself. I I made a phone call that lasted about twenty minutes yesterday, first day on the new device. It probably would have dropped on average twice on my iPhone, and this held the phone, held the call straight through. Beautiful. And, and Matt and. Uh, and I'm going to be in touch with you offline to have you give me your master list of uh, 
Beyond Pod uh, subscription. Yeah, Google lists or Google Reader makes it really easy to either select like if I make a bunch of tech shows only, and then I can make a bundle out of those, and then you can share that bundle, or you can just have your whole folder as one big bundle, and you can share that. But you can break it down into categories like comedy shows and, and tech shows and whatever. Cool. And then share them. My, my question to you, Mike, is how does the phone feel? Because some phones feel sort of plasticky and cheap. Then there's others that are a little too bulky. I know everything is trying to go thinner nowadays. Now, I love how the the Droid Razor feels. I mean, it's light, but it didn't really feel too cheap. Well, you know, I, I like the Galaxy Nexus. That phone was slippery as heck in my hands. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. This is glass on one side and sort of um, a hard metal with a rubberized coating on the other surfaces. It's much, to my hand, it's much less slippery than my iPhone. I had the iPhone 3GS that I was always mortally afraid I would drop. Yeah, that phone was slick too. Yeah, so this is working for me. And of course, it's it's a larger device. It's you know it's measurably larger than the iPhone, All right? Which which means there's a little more to grip onto. Hey, Mike, you were saying that it, that uh, iTunes. You seem to see that iTunes was really easy to use. The first time I used iTunes, it seemed like a total kludge to me. I, I uh, Tony, carrying iTunes after you know how to use it, or iTunes the day it came out of the box to what you're doing here iTunes the day it came out of the box was a nightmare. Yeah. I I had I had invested a lot of years in figuring out iTunes wily ways. And and so uh you know I I I knew it. Uh and now I'm I'm back down way low on that learning curve again. You know it's what though? You can just it's, this isn't any harder to learn than than the you know in that case than iOS was. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. You can also get Double Twist, which is basically an iTunes clone for Android, and it does a wireless sync. It does all that stuff. I, don't, I think some of those things you have to pay for. but And then uh, just, Winamp works pretty good if you set up a wireless sync. That way you can just have your stuff right there. If you use Winamp, I guess it makes more sense. But it's an easy wireless way to get music real quick from your computer to your phone, assuming you're not using Google Music, which is, I guess, that's the one I like the most. But. The Google Music the What, Larry? I was just asking Mike if he's messed with the camera. No, Still. check with check with me next week. I've taken a few pictures, but I really haven't gotten into the camera yet. Mike, word on the street is out of all the Android devices out currently, that phone has the best camera so far. Yeah, yeah that's what I that's what I hear. So I'll I'll report in on the camera because I love taking photographs. Who's the camera? AT&T. Does Verizon have it? No. No. no they, they have a, a scaled-down version, the, the 1S, isn't it? And then the, the other group will get the 1V, I think, which is the even down, more down version. You guys think it's one of these deals where AT&T gets it for a month and then Verizon gets it, or will Verizon get it? I, I don't think so no. in this case. No. They won't I don't know why, but... Eventually, maybe, but it's it depends if they have a version that supports CDMA, if their chips support LTE. They're, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that has to be changed for it to do that. 
But if you're fa- you're on a fast network, then you should be all good. So I'm I'm glad you like it, and you have to you have 34 episodes of Attack of the Androids app picks to go through. <laughs> so <laughs> I better get busy. Lucky for you, they're don't, all on the site. Don't don't download. What was that game that? Oh yeah, being... <laughs> we had a recall. Jeremy had to actually issue a recall, a kind of an apology. Like, sorry, that was. Jeremy, I thought I could trust you, man. Best yeah, man. I'm, I'm sticking to apps, not games. That's low. I recommended a game, and it like almost destroyed my phone. <laughs> Bummer. Pretty sure I sent my credit card number to China or something. <laughs> no big deal. Hey, that's cool, because most of the browsers I tested for my Android browser review were made in China. So my, my credit so card is sitting here. next to your credit card. I still card. haven't been able to read that yet. You Sleep said it was like 13 near. different browsers, right? I know. I went through and tested he them all. He went all out. Yeah. Even Sleep Near. <laughs> even Sleep Near. Uh, that's awesome. All right. Moving on. Uh, Mike, you uh, posted something interesting about the 12 best free entertainment services and apps of 2012. Um, you're the big home theater guru here. I'll let you take this one. Well, you, you know, I, I ran across this article last week, and... Uh, I, I, my, you know, my immediate impulse was to, to click through and read this PC World magazine article. I think I wound up kind of sorry I did because, um, somewhat amazing to me, I had not really heard of uh, most of the most of these apps. Now they do include two that I use a great deal. They they include Google Music, and Stitcher Radio. If you guys haven't tried Stitcher Radio, you really should. And I know you all use Google Music. Yeah, and actually, I we're think... going to get Yats and Attack of the Androids. We already have the Jam Hole in the Hotbox on Stitcher. So it's it's a really cool app for just streaming podcasts real quick. Yeah, and, and without a lot of planning. I mean, you yeah. can hear about a podcast and be listening to it two minutes later. Like on the fly. They, they're caching yeah. technology or however they do that. Like they do it really well. It's it's really impressive it's, experience. It's really well done. But then, and they also have uh, Pinterest, which I don't know that I'd really consider an entertainment app. Uh, but then they have things like uh, Planetarium and uh, something called Cut and Slice and the Lord of the Rings game. I was just amazed at just the sheer number of so-called entertainment services and apps that I had never heard of. And I thought I was following the space fairly well. I don't know. Did any of the others of you look at this article? Yeah, some of the some of the apps were more obscure, but it you have to it almost seems like you really have to be or have been deep in that field or that that part of the industry to really have come across some of those. Like most people, yeah. I feel like they find the the more mainstream ones, and that's what they just stick with. Yeah, one of their recommendations, for example, is something called Crackle, which is a totally free. So I I get that it's a totally free streaming video service, but like a lot of sort of video startups these days you get you go on there and they have a a hundred or so maybe they have a hundred or so videos movies and things like that but nothing you really want to watch and you have to ask yourself is that all there is it's full of commercials too 
Well, now I had I had never heard of Crackle until I got my Logitech review, and when I do my little queries on just gibberish in my uh, Google TV app, Crackle seems to pull up a lot of different results that I find interesting, and especially a lot of the old television shows. Um, yeah, those that's the good stuff, man. The, the TV shows from the eighties. I oh, saw them having – it didn't work at the time, but they were the first one I saw on YouTube itself. They have a YouTube channel that you could watch the original Ghostbusters for free on YouTube. Yeah. But then like it, like, that. never worked, though. Like, it would never load. Either their servers were messed up or something was too – I don't know. I could never get it to play. I, and I always was like I – like, I have the movie, but I was like, no, I want to watch it on YouTube. Damn it. On, on the review, I haven't had any issues with it, you know, as far as playback and whatnot, but – it's, it's, it's been really, really smooth. You know, like I said, just going back and watching J.J. Evans on Good Times, man. Just classic TV, man. It almost know? reminded me of Dynamite. of going through Netflix <laughs> and, like, the net the Netflix recommendations. They have a lot of the same stuff, like those older TV shows. Yeah. And, and Yeah. But it's free. But what services? Kind of. I mean, I, I'm betting we all use Netflix and probably several of us use the Amazon uh, Prime service or the Amazon streaming. And we probably some of us have even used uh, uh, video on demand from uh, Google. What else is out there? That- I can't use that yet. I, I've been wanting to use the Google service, but it's not supported for my, um, for my review, nor is it supported for my phone because my phone is rooted. Yeah, I was just going to say, you got that rooted DX, sucker. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot. I, I checked it out once when they were issuing movie movie rentals for like 25 cents, and I, I checked out this movie called Puncture, and it, it worked really well. Like the stream set up right away. It cleared up really quick like when it encodes and – it, it was a good experience. If you have a unrooted, I want it. They just need to put it on the review. They would get some money out of That's me. That's kind of what it's made for, right? Because right now people are using it on tablets and phones. Like you, yeah. ideally, you want that experience on your TV, and that's what I lean mean, I, back, as they like to call it. Lean back. Yep. You mess with any of this hey, stuff, wait, Larry? The answer? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I. Uh, I don't watch too much TV, but my wife does more. But, yeah, it's Amazon Prime and Netflix. I mess around a little bit with Crackle, and just like these guys seen, you know, the old TV shows. But the, the thing that bugged me about that, there was too many commercials. It's free, but you have to watch commercials. Once you get – I feel like once you get spoiled watching commercial-free TV, you can never go back. You can never put that beast back in the box, ever. Am I the only one that's okay with commercials? I mean, commercials are when you get to get up and you know get to go to that go to the bathroom and you get that you know little game of rushing. Can I can I can I get there and back in time? No, no, yes, because I'm yes, a civilized now. man and I press pause on my freaking VLC player and then I go take I, I got, a leak I got like Tebow, a man. You know, but sometimes you know sometimes no. you want an excuse to get up and stretch your legs. Then I pause it and I go outside and have a smoke. What do you want? Yeah, you yeah, some of us still don't smoke. Wait, you got to wait for no, a, right. an ad to be like, hey, dummy, time to go get up. Like, no, well, when you yeah, feel like yeah. it. Um, you when I'm paused. watching TV, I'm not thinking about anything. I need somebody to tell me what to do. Oh, you well. know, a commercial comes up. It's like food. I'm like, I'm hungry. So I get up and get a snack. <laughs> <laughs> and when I commercial go shopping, comes on I say, and it Ooh. tells me that I need to go take, you know, 
deodorant or whatever, I you know maybe I need to take a shower. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these things. Hours. I don't know what's going on. Jeremy, in answer to your question, yes, you are the only person who's yeah, okay with commercials. All right. Yeah. No doubt about it. I, you know what? I'll watch all of your commercials for you for a small fee. <laughs> That's okay. awesome. The only time I care about commercials is during the Super Bowl, but then a lot of times I've already gotten those before the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> you know? What about previews before movies? Those are commercials. I show up late um, to the movie theater. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw one of those, man. You don't go I'll, to the I'll movies? The, you no, you see, see Avengers? It, you see it sometimes when, when it's a cam and, and the kid's like messing with the camera and you're like, God, just I'm stop shaking. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, you've seen Avengers. Oh, he's got a point. Yeah. I really like, you know, in a movie theater, I like the, com- the uh, previews. But when I, I get my... But isn't it the same exact previews you could go to the iTunes or on YouTube movie yeah, previews is, and see? Yes, it is. But they're all different. Are they? They're big. When I get my my Blu-ray, I'm I'm already skipping through the the trailers. I I can care less because most of the time I've already seen it online anyway because someone shares it on Google Plus or Twitter or whatever. Because I'm a pirate. And then far as as the the, the Avengers, I want to see it, but I'm too spoiled on HDTV, man. And my quiet experience here in Chateau Ghetto. You know, got the surround sound just like a theater would have, but it's quiet. There's no snotty-nosed kid behind me sneezing. There's no mommy talking on the cell phone. It's it's 50. Yeah, but there's also no Avengers and you need to go watch it. (laughs) Man up and go see Avengers. You know what? I'll catch it on the first download. I allegedly saw it like three weeks ago. There, I said it. Allegedly? Moving on. Yeah. Hey, but just before we move on, I, I, we got a we got a pressure ant to uh, tell us about the Logitech review next week. Will you stop that? How about you just send it to me? I'll write a review, post it online, be done with the damn thing. I'm sorry, it's not <laughs> happening, Matt. Send it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you. Thing. I'll tell you one thing about it. I've got one, and I've also got a uh, Roku. And we never, all we ever do is watch the rope. Will you send it to me, Larry? I will send Ant my Transformer Prime for a week if he sends that to me so I can write a review on it. I'm running out of devices that I own to write things about. (laughs) Man, that's that's a hard bargain there, Matt. (laughs) I mean, I I was home tonight watching hip replacement surgery just because it was recommended to just me. And, and it was freaking captivating that's man. awesome you learning know, you like all the documentaries and stuff i love it and then i watched the only the michael Moore ones. channel and listening to those guys play and it's it, it was beautiful and it's just random stuff just recommended to me and i can't get off the couch I'm surprised I don't weigh about 300 pounds do you guys have rokus or whatever's and watch no we don't watch much television. Television I rots your life. brain. <laughs> turn your TV off and turn on Yats. All right, moving on. Autonomous, autonomous, autonomous cars. They got their first driver's license in Nevada. Google's cars. Ant, go. Yeah, they um, it's in Nevada, and the biggest thing about it is they, they put these specific uh, – uh, license tags on them to sort of signify, okay, this is an autonomous car. And I thought about it it. a little more. And what's going to happen when people look at these cars on the road? You know, how how are the other drivers going to be affected? Well, listen, what's the... Apparently the car is going to... Apparently the car is 
or theoretically the car will take care of itself as far as how it it's um going to be safe and whatnot. But isn't that still going to be distracting to the other drivers? But will it? Will the car take care of itself, or is the car going to take care of you the second you cut it off and give it the finger, and that car goes, "Oh yeah," and then it runs you <laughs> off the road, <laughs> and then like what? Then what? Then what? Well, That's... Google did have some rogue developers last week. Who knows? They may have been on that. Car Could you project imagine? Too. It's yeah. Carrie. This is Stephen King's Carrie. I can't wait. <laughs> Hope Anonymous doesn't hack my car. Right, DDoS right. is your, your car system. Could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, they got all of these little safety features in place, just like with cruise control. You tap the brakes, it allows you to get control. Do back. they have the feature that was in Demolition Man, where when you wreck your car, it fills up with putty foam and saves you? Because that would that be would awesome. Be, no, that's way too advanced for Google. Because that's what I keep going back to, <laughs> is that, that scene in Demolition Man where he's like, manual, disengage, damn it, and like, the car doesn't, <laughs> and he's totally screwed. Like That's totally what I see happening, is you're going to be like in this situation, and the car's just dumb, and you're like, disengage. Ah. You know, my, my biggest, my, my other question, though, was Google is based out of Mountain View. Um I know they have this whole Area 51 research place. Where, where exactly is that? Do you guys know? It's blacked out on Google Maps. I don't know. You know, but, but so why was Nevada the place to get it approved first? You know, why not California? I feel Nevada like because and, of... Probably because they were able to get... get yeah, it, it, it had to do with the laws. That The, the laws were, were fairly lenient compared to what California had, so they were just able to go in and, you know, throw them, like, 50 bucks because Nevada's about to die. And then Nevada took it. Like, hey, here, we'll, um, we'll, we'll buy you a steak. You know, <laughs> like, oh, we'll change the walls. Google gave Nevada 50 bucks. Nevada went to the casino and flipped it into 50,000. <laughs> and there you go. And then let it ride and lost it all. Let it ride and lost <laughs> it all and went home and killed itself. They found its body in the hotel room. This is terrible. You know, a lot of people think that it's going to be a real safety thing, that, that these cars will be will cut down on deaths and wrecks and stuff like that. Yeah. You guys seem to be skeptical. but um, I, I want to see it handled the four-way stop. I drive for a living, and I go to these four-way stops, and I, I mess with people on purpose because I'm so bored with driving. Like, you'll wave them on, but then go a little bit forward, and, and it blows the their mind. Matt is the exact reason that everybody needs to have a Google car. Because the car's going to signal to the other car, and the other car's going to go, no, you, and the other car's going to go, no, no you. And it's... the algorithm's not going to support... Debaggery. You have you have a blue screen of death on your I know. Windshield. I'm just waiting for the first boot loop of. Uh, yeah, it's. I rooted my car and it's running. That's why we need these self driving cars. My car runs Cyanogen mod, so what's up? <laughs> but I can't play Google Video on it because it's rooted. Damn it. All right. Well, it's interesting, and I can't wait to see as more of this develops. <laughs> they, they, I heard about it on NPR. They still have to have two real people in the car. That's correct. That's correct. Well, who's going to text while the car's driving? I mean, car's not going to do it. That's what people the, do. The, you know, the first time I pull up to a stoplight and there's a paraplegic next to me, I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Put it in park. <laughs> Put it in park. You no know, guy with no arms driving a car. I'm putting it in park. You can go right ahead, sir. I will wait. Or a dog or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see a dog in the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> 
You look over dog. <laughs> I would enjoy seeing that. But, I mean, you know, we're kind of maybe incremental. You know, they've got the – have any of you guys got or seen or tried one of these self-parking cars? I've seen, you know, commercials. Has anybody tried it? No. I have not. I'd, I'd love to try it. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like I almost don't – quite believe that it would work or that I would be brave enough to try it in the in in out there in the wild. I'd try it in a rental car. <laughs> after I got all the insurance. Did it go okay? How did, how did it I mean, no, he's I'm saying he would try it. That would. Parking, parallel parking sounds like a very easy problem. I mean it knows where the pivot point is on the back wheels and Right. I don't think it if you I need your car to parallel park for you, you shouldn't be driving. How about how about that? And no? you just removed ninety percent of the people from the road. Well, then that just makes my day to day life so much easier. Well, after hearing what you just told us, you shouldn't be driving. For no, I, I completely <laughs> agree with that statement. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, what should we talk about? Oh, strawberry pie. Is this like the blueberry pie chips? Is this the little uh, self? This is a it's a raspberry pie? Yeah, thank you. Raspberry pie. Yeah, it's strawberry raspberry. Or pie. is this that or is this something different? Uh, it's, a, it's a little uh credit card size computer. Yeah, that's so okay. Six megs of RAM, it takes uh Oh wait. Drives. This Have is they restocked it's it's oh, hold on. No. They're they're still out of stock. This is they raspberry pie. In, I think and they all went out. I've been trying to get some. Really? Yeah, I thought they sold out like within the first day or so, yeah. right? So this is a, yeah, a thirty-five dollar, seven hundred megahertz ARM CPU core, two hundred fifty-six megs of RAM, and a Broadcom video core four GPU with OpenGL ES2 that supports ten eighty P at thirty frames a second, as well as H.264 and MPEG four. Which I saw the the test runs they were doing of this little tiny thing hooked up. And rendering like full HD on a big yeah. screen, it was the most amazing thing to watch. I was like, Whoa. "Would you want one of those inside your?" Uh, I won't review. I want one of these inside my body. <laughs> I'm gonna. I would almost put one in my damn forearm. Right. Yes. I mean, yes. The, well, as, H- as small as those are, there would be one in my glove box. I mean, I, and they're cheap enough that you can you can play. I mean, this is. Jeremy, is this to the, the point where ever. we start seeing sensors everywhere because of how cheaply made and how small they are? Like they were talking about. Well, the about sensors the are going to be more expensive, and and the problem with with a system like this is that it's still, you know, the OS and everything are still so customized that a lot of the other stuff out there isn't going to run well, this on it. Just until came out of beta, right? Somebody in the community, what? Like this just came out of beta a little while ago, like when they were testing it, right? And then so right. it's I mean, still it, really it'll, new. It'll take base, right? time. Even the stock OS is enough to make it worth playing with. I mean, if you know any kid that likes electronics, that's get this for you know, them. willing to play around, give them six of them for Christmas. Yes, right. Say, what can you embed this in? Oh, I got one in my shoe. Right. Like, what can you do with this? This. It, right. It's it's awesome. It's like when the Arduino stuff started coming out, and people were like, "Well, check this out." And just and that amazing. was her, that was their whole intent with it anyway. It was just to sort of raise some type of awareness. You know? Well, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I I'm not I can't say anything about it, but I I was talking we're talking with some people on a project that we're going to bid on where we're talking about thousands of these things. I mean, they're really mm. it's like a 
it's a computer. Well, does this take the computing model? Does this? It's got an RCA out, so you plug it into a cheap old TV set. Plus, it's got HDMI. Does this take the computing process back to how we were using terminals and mainframes, where everybody has like a each classroom has five of these that have like ten students each hooked up to it through these terminals or something like that? It seems like a really cheap way to get a bunch of technology into people's hands. I think it's it's more of a hope on getting people back to homebrew computing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I bet it's going to end up embedded in a lot of stuff, though. What, what, I have no idea the answer to this, but you guys, what could you do with one of these? It, couldn't your Roku box or your, your Google TV have one of these guys inside it? And if it did, what kind of function could you put into it? Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's in, doing the, the 1080p encoding on a yeah. less than a gigahertz processor, yes. Put but, it in these set-top boxes. You could put yeah, these things little- on remote control planes or cars like they're so small you could i mean you could use that for taking video i don't know i'm thinking like spy cameras on on planes and stuff or something yeah exactly you know your uh, your drones i mean this is like a perfect drone computer but it's a little bit underpowered for something like a like a set top box it has to handle multiple in multiple out i mean if you're talking single channel kind of stuff like um a tv tuner you know, He's just talking just the one that, box kind of thing. Just the raw encoding, box, right? You know that that would be fine. But if you're talking like a like you know replacing the Logitech review processor, you know, in the guts, that's not going to work so well because it's got to do a bunch of things at once. You know, it's constantly crawling the web. But to and, take and the review else. from something this big and make it something this big. Oh sure. Like it doesn't. Well, I mean, to... I'll be the first to tell you that review is it's slow. It's it's really underpowered. And, the second yeah. thing. It's really. <laughs> Well, if you it's, send me it, I'll be the third. That's why we never use it. Probably. Yeah, depending on what you're doing, it's slow. You know, we're, we're actually I love it. We're actually trying to get our hands on you know a few dozen of these. Um, we've got one of our customers is a. Um, they make wood stuff. Like they've got a bunch of uh, milling machines, and I'm just going to yeah. go to them and I'm going to design like a, a small wooden case to fit Are this you? in. Because you know the way the way it's it ships is just the PCB with the the guts hanging off of it. Oh, are you it's trying to do the Apple II of twenty twelve? Basically, I wanna, yeah. I want to start seeing these things. I want to see well, them at land parties. You know, be a little bit of markup, but you know, seventy five bucks with a case yeah. and shipped. I mean, and you're talking put, about schools and kids learning. I mean, hey, put me down for one, Jeremy. I want That's one. Pretty big, cause yeah, exactly. I. I, I I've got one of my guys checking the site like every two days. Can we buy some yet? Yeah, so far, no. Is there an ETA on availability yet, or are they just cranking them out as fast as they can? I I don't know. I'm sure there's an ETA, but with anything like this, it's in such high demand. You know, who knows how far out they're allowing back orders and and whatever else. One one thing I I can't remember the details, but I know they've had to. They they got so many orders that they're now procuring them and building them in a whole different place in a whole different way. Right. I think they were going to do it in Great Britain and now they're they've given up. They're, they're like now we're going to do it in China. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and you know you you're talking about the power of this thing. What's the one? What's it going to look like in four or five years? Exactly yeah. right. If this is the first model, yeah. think about the fifth gen or the fourth gen even. Like it's going to be quad core. It's going to be, I think, the same one, but without the Ethernet. So it's going to be $25 if you don't want Ethernet. But 
What's the fifth one gonna look like? You like you say, man. It's uh, built-in wireless, everything, quad-core. Imagine this with one of those USB monitors. Isn't this basically what's powering a GameCube? I mean, <laughs> like really? I don't even think a GameCube is that that powerful. Right? Is it? It's yeah. like 600 megahertz, right? With a it's nice, well uh, a nice mobility uh, GPU on it. Right. All right. Well, that's pretty interesting. I hope uh, I hope you guys can get your hands on some and and we can play with them and, and program. Sure. Uh, let's see. Larry, tell us why Stanford cannot deliver a Stanford education online. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was, there was an article that was, came out of a post I did inspired by an article in the New Yorker on the 30th of April. And they described, the article was about how Stanford, you guys, it's, it's like Stanford is not a standalone thing. It is part of Silicon Valley. Uh, the, there's, there are literally no walls between Stanford and the tech companies, Stanford and the VC companies. So a kid goes to Stanford. He's, um, you know, he Eric Schmidt comes and talks to his class, and then he goes have coffee with him afterwards. Venture capitalists are all over. So it's a very um, collaborative, as this article pictures paints it. It's a very collaborative. A lot of interaction with industry, a lot of interaction with VCs. Uh, the faculty are all investing in the companies that the kids are starting. So it's a really special place. That doesn't work so well. I mean, there's a, a, a many, many very visible online startups are, are going off now. And one was actually from Stanford uh, presenting a course. I think presenting a course like they're doing has a chance to be a real game-changing thing, like the Raspberry Pi. That, uh, really now, Larry, disrupted. let me ask you: Are are they worried about people like Peter? Are they worried about people like Peter Thiel coming and sniping kids from campus and saying, you know, don't even worry about finishing school, just come with me, and then kind of de- okay. like, is that happening at all? Or offer people ten k or something, or hundred k not to go to school? Hundred k, yeah. Hundred uh, k. No, I don't think Stanford's too worried, man. I mean, they're what happens to, I mean, Stanford, it's a real, like I say, it's, they're just part of this VC and industrial ecosystem. So, for example, when the, the guys at Google, the guys at Yahoo, uh, form a company, they did they did the development as grad students at Stanford. Stanford ends up with stocks. Uh, Stanford is totally rolling in money, uh, not just the university, but also the faculty that end up uh you know, being on the board of the of their students' company, so it's it's a cool article to to read just to see how intertwined they are, and it's ironic that, that these massively you know uh, moves they call them massive online open classes um, the, they've been going for some years, but Stanford did one about um, shoot, about three months ago, four months ago, had one hundred and sixty thousand people in it, and so it's ironic that that kind of Mass education, which Stanford is giving something really different on their campus, but it's got, that also has gotten a big boost out of Stanford. In fact, the guys that did it have started a spin-off company. They're doing it. They're going to do it as a, a venture, you know, private company. Yeah. Larry, I'm sure you've yeah, seen it. Is, it's really starting to explode. MIT and Harvard announced that they're entering it. So it's little. You know, California State University is entering it. Uh, 
good schools, bad schools, plus a lot of foreign. It's not just the U.S. thing. Yeah, David Brooks in the New York Times kicked off a very interesting discussion about this very topic. He, that was triggered by the, the New Yorker the, article. The, yeah, the so. New Yorker article, absolutely. And his point, of course, is that there's a tsunami coming at higher education, yeah. similar to the tsunami, what was the analogy he used? It wasn't health, maybe it was uh, the healthcare industry. The newspaper industry. The, the news, newspaper industry. You name it. Yeah. Uh, and and technology is about to disrupt higher education big time. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that 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 phrase a tsunami is coming. It's it's like in the last paragraph of the of the New Yorker article, and it's uttered by the president of of, of uh, Stanford University. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's ironic is, yeah, there is a tsunami coming, and I don't know, but that experience that Stanford gives those kids of being so closely intertwined with industry and the VCs, that will not be affected by the tsunami. But the tsunami is going to affect big time people like my place, California State University. Uh, that's They are going to be big time. They may get swamped. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to, I would predict, and I'm really bad at seeing the future, but 10 years from now, we're going to be given a lot more online classes and degrees than we are. We're already doing any today, but there's going to be a shift from the classroom to online for that sort of mass education. Yeah. And, and the people at Stanford are still going to be hanging out with Eric Schmidt. So the, the, I, I've got a question for you. You know, I don't know if it's going to take quite 10 years, but the challenge I see because the Internet has you know, so much great stuff out there. One of the things that I see a lot of people having a really hard time doing is knowing how to learn, you know, teaching themselves how to get all this information. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many people ask me, well, what about this? And I just sit down at Google and, you know, boom, and I have the answer because I know how to format the query. And it's a pretty simple mm -hmm. question, but it, it it's a, a, a much narrower example. Uh, yeah. Let's say five, ten years from now, there's thousands of courses to choose from. How do I know as, you know, a student coming up? You know, the thing, I don't know, I don't know how the, I don't know how this is, this tsunami is going to shake out. I don't think anybody does, but right now, if you look around, I think that was the, the one of the posts that I put on the show notes. Uh, there are a variety of models, like CSU, the California State University where I am. What they're going to do is go online and offer degrees. And so you'll have a program set up for you, and they'll be sort of telling you what to take, and it'll be, you'll, you know, you will take kind of organized classes that take that away from you. There are going to be other places that have, you know, just, oh, take this, and, you know, maybe you want to pick up a certain specific skill for your job. Um, I think they're gonna, there, will, there will be people that say, okay, take this sequence of courses. We organize the courses. We kind of... Um, curate the deal for you, tell you what to take, and we can't give you a degree, but we'll give you a certificate of completion. Um, there's just all kinds of different models springing up. And the other thing that's really cool, you know, Stanford does it, they get a lot of press. MIT and Harvard, they get a ton of press. CSU gets less press, but uh, University of Pennsylvania, Yale, da-da-da. But also, there's this is a global thing, and, you know, Open University in UK has been doing this for some time. The Indian mm -hmm. Institutes of Technology 
are getting into this online education business. So we're going to have competition. IIT is a you know world class university. So well, let me it's ask you: a really competitive market and a global competitive market. How far away do you think we are before we see the first non brick and mortar based? University spring up that are solely online. Here's all of our oh. reference material, all of our curriculum. Everything is there. But You've been, for many years been able to get a degree from the Open University in in, well, uh, in England, for example. So in that sense, it's already done. Plus, and isn't all, that Phoenix? Isn't that what Phoenix uh, does? Things like Phoenix. Phoenix gives degrees. Yeah. Um, I'm a Phoenix graduate. Even though I did have some on-ground classes, there were most of my classes were on-ground, but I did have maybe two or three that were online. And um, yeah, I saw you. Remember, we exchanged comments somewhere, and you were saying that you'd taken IT courses at Phoenix and they weren't so good, but that you really got an MBA and you liked that, wasn't that you? Yeah, that was me. I was saying their their IT curriculum it pretty much sucks, and I'll I'll be glad to say that live over the air. But for everyone that's doing their um, MBA classes, they're 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 pretty pretty top notch, pretty solid. How much did it cost, and how long did it take? Ooh, it took me about two and a half years to finish up my two years of um of college. Um. Damn, how much did it cost? Thirty I'm still grand. A crap load. Thirty grand. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was up there because they're considered grand. private. You know. The thing but, is, um, yes, we offer an, an online MBA, and I don't. Maybe maybe by next week we can both find out what they cost. See, uh, kind of yeah. who's got the best deal. On the next yeah. Yats, we discuss college tuition. Join us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, guys. Great, great, great episode. That's a tease. It's called a tease in the industry. It's extreme. All right. Well, is there anything else? Anything else you guys want to cover? We're at the end of our hour here. It was good stuff. Fantastic show. Great. Yes. As always. As always. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. We'll All put right. links. Hey, in... uh, let us know the the YouTube URL. Will yeah, this I... be like the minute we on YouTube. Well, it what takes for I noticed for an hour broadcast, it takes about ten to fifteen minutes to process it before it's actually live and viewable. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's fairly quick for what. That's still pretty amazing for what we're doing. Yeah, no yeah it's it's totally. pretty good. And you you can check those out. It just goes to my YouTube account. So and I'll will it, it'll be embedded until we change it for Yats Nine on yetanothertechshow.com slash live. So for the rest of the week, you can go there and watch basically the rerun of last episode. But please, I don't want this to stop you guys from being subscribed to the show in iTunes and writing us reviews and all that stuff. Because the audio podcast, I mean, come on, nothing beats this voice in your ear. With these mics. I mean, come on. Let's this do voice does. This uh, voice does. Except maybe that voice. Or, yes. Or that get voice. Get it right. Or Let's even your radio voice. Or even that <laughs> voice. That's right. You got a radio voice. Wait till after I have my cone yet. Then you get that voice. Oh, wait till oh, I get my face. monocle back. <laughs> Don't make me get my monocle. All right. Well, thank you, Google, for giving us 
live on-air capability. Please don't take it away for making fun of your stupid monocle apps. Um, check out our site, yetanothertechshow.com. Did he spit it on his screen? All right, next time. Uh, like I said, be subscribed and join us for the next live show, yetanothertechshow.com slash live. Uh, and you guys can follow everybody's social stuff on the site. It's all there. Just look at it. That's the right. crew at yet. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Good night. See you. Bye-bye. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.